Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, it's been a tough week. Toughest Christmas week I can remember for a long time. And it's, it's not because of all the shopping I did, because I didn't do any. Right? <laughs> it's not because of all the cooking I did, I also didn't do any. It's not because of anything I did, because I didn't do much other than prepare for this message. And this has been one of the most difficult messages to prepare for, and it's got everything to do with this journey in revelation that we have been going down that will continue tomorrow, and and getting the grand scheme of God's kingdom and, and wrapping my head around that, of not just the scheme of his kingdom, but of the the story of salvation, and, and as so beautifully done tonight, we, we heard how there is almost this book ending of, of Luke's account of the birth of Jesus, and then at the end of the New Testament, of course, we see the revelation of the end time, the revelation of John. So the beginning and the end, you would almost call it a, a book end. So what my daughter read earlier, there was suddenly, uh, with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace. And then also in Revelation, after this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne of God, clothed in robes, palm branches in their hand, crying out the same. So we have in, in Luke and in Revelation, at, at the birth of Jesus and a picture of after his death and resurrection, his ascension into heaven and, and what is happening there. And, and we're tempted to think it's, it's beginning and end. It is these, these two things, that these, these bookends of the story. But it's not. That's not what this is. Because Revelation isn't the end of the story. Revelation is the story itself. What is happening there in that vision has always been happening and always will continue to happen. It's more like what we saw, and this is where finally, excuse me, earlier today, I decided I would just go with the language. What we really see is an invasion. I know that's not what we think of for Christmas. Terms that we would think of, of war and battle and destruction. But what we see is the heavenly realm invading the kingdom of the world. I was trying to get a good picture or visual of what this might look like. I had all of these things in my mind, like, like a, a lava lamp, if you even know what one of those are anymore, right? The lava lamps, the blob is, there's two blobs and it kind of drips one to the other and they connect. That's sort of what is happening in, in, in this moment of time that we gather together to celebrate our Lord and Savior, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world bringing together and touching together in this one place where this child is born. Heaven reaches down, like an elevator shaft, down from from the highest heaven, down to this place. 
but it's enemy territory. It's enemy territory because here on this earth, we find the opposite of all of those things of his kingdom. We don't have glory to God, and we don't have peace on earth. We don't have all of those things that the angels and the great multitude are crying out. Those are things of the heavenly realm. Those are things of, of, of those who are with the angels right at this moment. I want you to consider this for a moment, that, that right now, your loved ones, those who have gone before us in faith, and someday all of us gathered here who call upon the name of the Lord will be part of that heavenly host. When that angel appeared to the shepherds, and that angel appears to the shepherds, and and then around him all of this heavenly host, that's not just angels. It is all of those who have gone before us in faith of all time. This is this weird Difficult, challenging thing to get your head around. In, in, in the circles that, that we travel as theologians, we, we toss out these words like eschaton, right? Perusia. And these are, these are foreign words or Greek words, and they're designed to do two things. Um, first, make us sound smart. Right? That's what doctors do, right? So that's what we do, too, right? We make up words to sound smart. And two, recognize that there isn't a good way to say it in, in our common language, And even those words don't really work. They only work because they're not part of our common English language. They work because they're they're describing something that we can't even really understand, that that the kingdom of God being outside of time and space is more of a there than a when. (laughs) And so it is altogether possible that at our death, And our spiritual resurrection, when our spirit goes to join our Lord and Savior in heaven, we will witness this moment and be with the heavenly host as they cry out glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. You imagine that? Maybe your your grandpa or grandma, maybe your friend, your loved one was part of that angelic host singing that praise to God. And you're thinking, but they died thousands of years after Jesus' birth. But that's time. This is, this is a thing apart and completely separate from time. Here we have something so different from what we experience invading and coming to our realm where, where frankly, we know we know we need this Savior. Because around us we see the pain and the suffering, the sorrow, the the brokenness. We all have that sense of of the lack of peace in our hearts. When we think about what comes next in in our lives, maybe the next thing for you that that you're worried or anxious over, the the last thing you would have is peace about is, is your retirement. Or maybe it's next semester's classes. Or maybe it is, what do I do after the kids leave the house? Or what's next in, in the world that, that I live in? And it's that lack of peace that is the reminder that we need this Savior. And somebody once told me long ago uh, a great lesson. And, and I honestly can't remember what it was for. <laughs> maybe I was 
building something or doing something, or I may have even been crafting a, a sermon, or who knows. But I think we've all heard this, this lesson before, and it is start with the end in mind. Start with what you want the end to look like, and then build towards it. This is the gift of the incarnation because when we think of an invasion, we think of, of warfare, we think of violence, we, th we think of, of destruction and death. But when the Lord invades, he brings with him the end. And that end is peace. And that end is joy. He shows to us what that kingdom will look like when we enter into it in glory, not by coming with, with swords and weaponry to, to conquer and destroy, but by being born as a child. And we can all know and remember what that peace is like when, when you're holding your infant child and they finally stop crying and finally stop fussing and they're just peaceful. But it goes beyond peace, the, the, the child that has no worry, no concern, no fear about what tomorrow will bring or, or what difficulties they will face or what strife or trials are in front of them. And all of those things, that, that peace, that perfect peace goes beyond that to a bonding, a connection, a relationship that is so foundational that we can all feel it. You probably even feel it right now, the feeling of that head snuggling into the crook of your arm and the baby snuggling. You can feel it, right? It's more than a snuggly little goober, right? A dog, a little cuddly dog wouldn't do it. A little cuddly cat wouldn't be the same. This child snuggled in. That's the kingdom, that feeling, that connectedness, that relationship, that, that purest of love, that is simply the connection required to know that you belong, that this child belongs to me, to this family, to this community. And there is the message of Christmas is this child belongs here. Now, you've, you've probably heard and we've even sung before that, that Mary and Joseph couldn't find any room in the inn, so they had to go to a manger. Probably didn't really happen that way. That word in the Greek there doesn't really necessarily mean inn. It means, it means like upper room, the gathering spare bedroom. That's where Jesus went with his disciples. The night he was betrayed, he went to that room. It's the same word in the same gospel of Luke. That room was full. So where did he go? Where did Mary and Joseph go but the, the common room? The place that they would normally stay, a guest room, was full. So they went to basically the living area, the living room. And in, in these dwellings, it was just like we see oftentimes when we're in Kenya or other third world countries, it's, it's just one room where you sleep, where you eat, where you cook, where you laugh, where you play, where you weep, just one room. That's, that's where it all happens. And this is where Jesus is born. This is a place where sometimes they would bring animals in to get them out of the cold, right, or, or special animals to, to protect them, would bring them in so they would have a manger to feed them, and, and that's his, his first 
cradle. So this invasion isn't behind enemy lines to go to those people that he is opposed to. The invasion is into his own people, in their midst, right where they all gather, right where they all live and do what they do on a daily basis. And it's, it's humble, and it's small, and it's peaceful. See, the invasion that God has in store for us is so wildly different than what comes to our mind when we hear that word. That in, in my thinking, in my way of, of understanding, it's so certainly true. I'm so grateful that God is nothing like us. And that when he invades, he doesn't come to kill and destroy his enemies, but rather comes to be born amongst them and to rescue them. We are all born sinful and with hearts that are opposed to God, sinfully opposed to God. And here we have a God who comes not to cause us harm, not to, to win or destroy or defeat us, but rather to rescue us. This child born to us gives us a glimpse. The story recorded in Luke chapter 2 is a glimpse into Revelation chapter 7, 9, and 12 and beyond of this God who is glorious and powerful and has in store for all people peace and hope and joy. So the application I want for you this Christmas Eve is in your hearts, wherever you find that lack of peace, what are you missing? Are you missing the the joy? Are you missing the understanding? Are you missing a sense of purpose? Are you missing the the design for your life? Are are you missing something that you've looked for maybe in work, maybe in in recreation or or whatever it is? If you've been looking for something and failed to find it, that unrest, this, this can be resolved by God's kingdom. And it is the allowing of the invasion into your heart of a child. And it's not tumultuous. It isn't painful. It doesn't cause you grief or harm like the invasions that that we would have in mind. Instead, it is simply to trust that God himself started with the end in mind when he sent his son. And so this is what it looks like. It's simple trust and hope. That knowing the chaos of the sinful, broken world, surely, if God exists, he would do something. And surely it would look like nothing designed by mankind. And here it is. A child, humble and poor and vulnerable and weak, the opposite of the invading force any one of us and any person would ever imagine, the opposite, exact opposite of all of that, has come to us to give to us vulnerability and peace and joy and connectedness and love. And it's the simple trust in who he is to believe in the one he has sent. Unto us is born 
a child in the city of David, in the city of kings, with, with the shepherds, the sheep, the lamb, the angels, all from Luke and Revelation, all of these characters playing together this cosmic play to illustrate to us this is the kingdom of God. I encourage you, um, the message tomorrow that I am overjoyed to be able to preach tomorrow is one that, that, that dovetails to this. If you're not here tomorrow, if you've got other plans, please watch it online. You're going to hear from Revelation how Satan himself was present and active right there with Jesus, Mary, and Joseph at the birth of this child. Because that serpent, that evil one, will stay present with you all of your days, circling around you, but not able to enter into the home where Jesus is, unable to enter in and cause harm to the child. So tonight we embrace this child, not just in our arms, in that, in that imagination that we all have of that snuggly baby, but embrace this child into your heart to know that he is your king, he is your Lord, and he is your savior, and he has made you his brother or sister in Christ. Amen.